In this episode of Novel Predictions, Allison threatens to flip a table. If the dad dies, I'm gonna fucking flip a table. Hi guys, welcome to Novel Predictions. I'm Kales, and I am rereading Fangirl this month. And I'm Allison, and I'm reading it for the first time. Yes, she is. Yeah. And it's going to be great. I'm um, liking it. You are? I am. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I actually kind well, of had trouble stopping at our seven chapter mark. That's amazing. That makes me so happy to hear. Welcome to Novel Predictions. Novel Predictions is a podcast between two friends, Kales and Allison, and we basically force each other to read a book that the other one has not read. One of us is rereading it. As like I said in the intro, I'm reading, rereading Fangirl this month. Allison's never read it. So I gave her a certain mark uh, that she had to read up to, and now she's going to make predictions on what she thinks is going to happen with the rest of the book. We've had several episodes so far. I think this is like episode 27 or something yeah. weird like that. Uh-huh. Seems right. So 26, 27. <laughs> It's in, the, it's in the low 20s, mid 20s. It's in the low 20s. But that means that we've read over a dozen books. Now we read one book a month and we invite you to join us on our Novel Predictions book club because let's be real, that's essentially what this is. Yeah. And because well, it was funny, it hit me the other day. I was talking to these women at work and they were like talking about their book clubs and I was like, I kind of want to be in a book club. And then I was like, oh, I am. Yeah, you're it's fully just in a, a book two- club. Just with me though. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess and it's, our listeners. Yes. It's our listeners and Allison. And I was like, oh, okay, that's enough of books I'm forced to read yeah. in my life. Because um, I think that's the shittiest part of book clubs, in my opinion, is that like, you, it's like assigned reading. Right. Like, and what if you didn't want to read that book? Exactly. And I'm already having enough trouble with that at work. So I don't want to do that. Instead, I'm reading romance novels written in 2002. Yes, you are. Um, I liked it. Shut up. No, it I'm was just good. so it makes. I feel like mm-hmm. I've like influenced you so much with romance novels that it makes my heart so happy every time you tell me you're reading one yes you you created kind of a monster it's wonderful (laughs) um I think it's because I think it's I like it the same way that I like um like crime tv shows just because they're so formulaic it makes my brain happy um it's like something you can count on or depend upon you know that's something else Um, we have in common too because I really like random crime tv shows like i for a long time was obsessed with ncis which is like a terrible show but i watched so much of it and it just made my whole life easy whenever i was like i'm just gonna put ncis on for me it's criminal minds but it's the exact same thing or Mm -hmm. castle castle was castle was the thing for a really long time too um yes and then we have this book Fangirl, Fangirl that we're reading right now, which I am actually really glad to hear that you like it because if you guys have listened to our podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and have been with us a while or um, you're joining us for the first time, the thing that you need to know is that Allison normally doesn't like contemporary. Yeah. 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 And so I've tortured her with a couple of contemporaries in our friendship <laughs> and some of them are really torture for her. Yes. Like anything John Green. Oh my God. I would, I would rather do very a lot of things than read john green yeah ever again ever again and i've made you read two now and yeah yeah um but this one you're not hating i'm not actually i'm enjoying it um and i think it's because i like kath um and i i think that i relate to her in a lot of ways so her character and like the whole fan fiction thing is like really fun and i think a lot of the dialogue i'm i'm enjoying too so i think beyond it being contemporary i think that i'm i'm just kind of looking past that and and really focusing on the characters like i do and enjoying it for sure one of the things though that i i want to say that we we haven't really done in the podcast before is normally we pick pretty popular books to some degree but i wanted to quick give like a summary um not reading like a synopsis but just like a what we've read so far type of thing like what this book is about okay um is that okay no i think that's a good idea so i don't want to read like the summary because i still feel like those are spoilers and i don't actually read the summaries when we read books i know you do but i don't and um i don't think i did for this one actually 
you didn't? Awesome. Um, well, Fangirl is written by Rainbow Rowell, uh, who is most known, I think, for Eleanor and Park. That's pretty much what people go to. Eleanor and Park and then now Fangirl, yeah. um, which has become quite a sensation. Fangirl is actually not my favorite Rainbow Rowell book. Uh, that's Landline. But I wanted to read this one because the second book in the fan fiction series that Rainbow Rowell wrote as a <clears throat> consequence of this book is coming out in October. Right. Um, and so I'm prepping myself for that book to come out um, and sort of reminding myself how this all goes. And essentially, it's about these twin girls, Kath and Ren. Which, really... We could talk about their names in a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, but Kath and Ren go to college, which is also really cool um, in a YA novel, mm-hmm. that they go to college and Ren is much more outgoing than Kath. They split up for pretty much the first time ever in their life. And Kath has rather intense social anxiety yeah and she uh kind of pours her anxiety into fan fiction she writes simon snow fan fiction which is essentially harry potter in this universe and she writes from the perspective if harry the harry and draco equivalent were in love and she takes an advanced writing course and it's kind of about her figuring out her way in college yeah. What are your thoughts so far on those things? So, so far, I really like Kath, and I think everyone needs to, like, not be such a dick to her. Yeah. Because, like, not everyone, I guess, but almost everyone in this fucking book so far has been kind of an asshole to her about her social anxiety, and also just, if she didn't, even if she didn't have social anxiety, if she didn't want to do something, there's, like, a lot of pressure on her from a lot of different places, from her sister, from her dad, from Reagan, her roommate, um, from her weird not ex-boyfriend Abel, to, like, not be boring is kind of how they phrase it, it seems like. And I yeah. just take umbrage with that whole idea that, like, somebody who isn't a social butterfly is boring. Right. But anyway, beyond that, um, I think Kath is fucking funny. Like, she's really dry and witty whenever she talks to people. Um, I love her and Reagan's bit when they're... I kind of hate that they're judging people that are walking in the door. Yeah. But I think it's one of the best examples of Kath being witty. Yeah. And how she is actually very intelligent. And just because she's not a social butterfly doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? She's still very intelligent. She got a fucking 32 on her ACTs. Okay. Like I got a 28 and I got shit for not getting above a 30. This girl is smart. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and she's really witty with Nick too. Yes. She's very witty with Nick and she's witty in her writing. Yeah. You know, you can tell that that's where her strengths lie. And she is really funny and really intelligent. She just doesn't portray it in a, extroverted manner right and i think i identify with her not so much on the social anxiety but more on the not really interested in like going to frat parties or whatever like when i was in college i didn't engage in a lot of that kind of stuff and i'm not upset about it right like i'm not now as a 26 year old woman being like oh i really wish i would have gone to more frat parties um and i didn't really make a lot of like friends that were deep and long lasting in college so I just see myself a lot in Kath in addition to that as most people will know by now having listened to this podcast I consumed I have in my life and currently still consume a fair amount of Harry Potter fan fiction right so I really love that she's a fan fiction writer and that her story is basically a dreary story um because it's really cute. And I, I think I love that she's writing as she's writing. She's like, oh, this story is already longer than like whatever the author's name is. Gemma's longest book. And like mm-hmm. those are always the, sto- always the stories I go for on fan fiction is I'm just like, ooh, this one's longer than the fifth Harry Potter book. That sounds great. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. And I think. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with her and her sister and this Nick guy. And like, maybe what's the other, what's the other guy's name? Levi. Levi. And like, maybe Levi. I feel like he's going to be. Yeah. I made you stop at like a pretty good section of this like weird love triangle thing. 
Um, well, and it's not like she and Levi are even flirting, really. He's just, like, a flirty dude, and she's kind of like, you're being weird. But I still kind of feel like he's going to win her over in some way. Yeah, but then there's that weird thing with him and the sister. Yeah. And, you know, and there's uh, there's a lot of layers to it. And I, I couldn't quite give you ten chapters of it, but giving you seven I thought was a happy medium. Because if I only gave you five, then we didn't get when Abel broke up with her. Right. Um, because I, I felt like that needed to happen, even though he wasn't, like, her real boyfriend. But just to, like, give you the relief that, like, she's not going to cheat on her supposed boyfriend yeah. that she thinks is really serious. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not going to be that story. Yeah. Which is helpful um, because I hate that. Yes, me too. Not, I don't and ever want my characters to cheat on people ever. I can't. I can never justify it. No. Sorry. I I don't. I I can't. Um, and for me, I... Here's the thing. Like I said, I <laughs> am making you read this book mainly because I love Carry On, which is her fan fiction, which is like 580 pages which of, I'm sure I'll be very excited to read after we finish this. Yes. I'm I'm pretty sure that like you probably could go read it on your own, like how excited you'll be. Right. Because you just get tastes of it. Um, which was what I wanted to ask you too, of like, what do you think about the little bits of the Simon Snow world that you get? I I do like that she included them, um, as mm-hmm. like the chapter separators, I guess. Because you're kind of getting, like, a very broad overview of who these characters are and and why Kath would be so obsessed with them. I also think the glimpse into her, like, the couple of snippets we've gotten from her fan fiction is really great. And also when she and Ren are just, like, talking about fan fiction and they use all of these tropey lines that are, like, in every goddamn fan fiction, like... When he spoke his name, <laughs> it was ma- like speaking a magic spell right, or exactly. whatever that or like fucking the, like, line was. Accidentally shouting that you love someone in a fight. Like, yes. like all these things that like I'm giggling because that happens in all fan fiction. And it is, again, just like the romance novel conversation, it's a comforting kind of familiar um, writing and, and tropiness that I love. So I'm, I mean, I'm really, in, I like that they're including snippets from the original the actual books quote unquote and the the fan fiction because i think it really adds a lot of depth to why this person may be so interested and obsessed with this fandom yeah and i um i want to know specifically because i did not read fan fiction i was i i wrote it never posted it and my fan fiction always was like tv show or movie related usually it is hilarious to me that you wrote fan fiction but never read any well you have to keep in mind that my mother pretty much told me that if i ever went online i was gonna get killed so (laughs) like if i ever created usernames like it was a big deal for me to like secretly go on the survivor chat forum to talk about my latest theory on how the show was gonna end like it it was like contraband I was never allowed to post anything. I was never allowed to talk to anybody online. Like it was a hu- like it was bad. Um, so I didn't because I was a goody two shoes follow rule follower. Still pretty much am, and I didn't post anything. And I kept all my writing to myself. I shared it with my siblings. I shared it with some friends, um, but mostly I just kept it to myself. And um, I wrote entire TV shows. Like I have piles of scripts. Um, and I had a whole character arc with this Hannah Montana character <laughs> called Skylar Star or Sky Star, oh, I think her Hannah name was. Montana. Yeah. So I wrote it and I, I at the time didn't realize what it was. Um, I didn't actually learn about fan fiction until college and I didn't realize that I was writing it. Um, so I really like fangirl from the writing perspective of fan fiction and like what it teaches you as a writer and um, but as a reader and as someone who consumed fan fiction, I'm really interested as we continue with this book to hear more about your thoughts on, I don't know, how the book handles fan fiction. Because a lot of people think that it does such a good job and it pretty much was the first book to really represent that fandom culture right? in this manner. 
Well, so far, so she's like talked about um, her writing, like her release schedule or whatever. And I will say that I don't relate heavily to that because I don't ever read fan fiction or I never have read fan fiction per- on purpose that wasn't finished. Like I always, Fair. I always am like, is this complete? Because I'm going to read it in 12 hours. So if it's not complete, <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. It's the same reason that a lot of times I don't start series that I am want to start, even if I'm like really excited about them because I don't want to have to wait for the next book. I'd rather them all be out and I can binge read them. Right. So, but I do know that people definitely get, not demanding per se, but like they anticipate story chapters coming out if that's how they're reading it. I've seen like those comments and, and authors being like, so sorry, I didn't get to post this week, whatever. So, I mean, I think at this point, point in the story what we've seen of her fan fiction experience seems pretty ultra like um what do I want to say virtuistic that's the word I was trying to come up with um it seems pretty real I think I would not be surprised if Rainbow Rowell had a pretty strong background in that community or she did some fucking good research yeah I I think that what's cool about this book is several things obviously um but what's funny is that i was looking back on my review and stuff and i only gave it a three out of five stars and i can't quite fucking figure out why (laughs) um no i I can't and i i do remember liking the idea of the book but not necessarily liking how it all turned out okay i don't remember how that was i remember one specific scene from the end which i remember hating and then that's about it And I don't, and what's funny is I remember reading Fangirl and actually really disliking Kath and like not finding her that relatable. And it might be because I am, I am an introvert, but I'm a much more, um, you're aggressive. You're like more social than your introvert. Your average. Yeah. Your, I feel like your introversion is like, how do you, like, it's true introvert. Like you are like, how do I come across Recharge. energy exactly and not so much that you're because you you do like want to go do stuff a lot like that's like you I do you're like always like oh I want to go out and about and like I feel like that's not a classically introvert associated trait right but I do recognize and know that I need my time to like recharge right it's it feels very much like a battery to me um and so I remember really having a hard time with Kath. I'd be like, just do the thing. Like, just go do the thing. And I didn't understand it. And I think now that I have more of an understanding of myself and, like, anxiety, because I don't have social anxiety. I have generalized anxiety. Right. And – but learning more about her struggles and how she talks about – she had this one sentence about, I just – I can't go – because her, her roommate's like, do you have an eating disorder? And she's like, no, I just don't know where the calf is. And she's like, what do you mean you don't know where the calf is? You've been here a month. And she's like, I just, I've built up this block about it and I can't undo it now. Right. right? And then she's like, I was like, that's so relatable of it's just like staring at this wall and everybody's telling it you just to walk around the wall and you're like, no, I can't move. Like, I can't do it. And I don't know. I just thought it was really good representation. And it, I think reading this book now, ironically enough, because I was in college when I read this, it's going to be more relatable to me in hindsight than actually when I was experiencing it. Right. If that makes any sense. No, I think that does make sense because it's also hard to pull yourself out of your situation to see a different or even similar perspective and be like, oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Like, I think I think that definitely there's a couple parts of her social anxiety that are very they're extreme. I I, but I totally get the idea that, like, I wouldn't want to go eat alone at a dining yeah. hall like i i absolutely well, and understand I, that if i'm not mistaken i believe that rainbow Rowell has severe anxiety yeah i think she spoke about it in a few interviews well i also liked the section where in that same time i think it's that same scene where reagan is like are you on meds like you should be mm-hmm. on meds or whatever and kath kind of takes offense and 
because I mean Reagan is brusque obviously but also she's like I don't like I'm fine like I don't need meds but then also but then at the end of that scene Reagan is like says it again like you should really be on meds and Kath says something snarky back and Reagan was like I'm on meds and it's the best thing so she's like saying like this is my experience and it's really great and it's really helpful and really important so you shouldn't like be afraid of it and I thought that was pretty pretty cool I think that that kind of representation is absolutely important and very difficult to come by yeah absolutely well, I also wanted to, I want to also ask, like, what do you think about this being in college? You know? Right. I think. And there's, there's lots of cussing. Yeah. It's definitely an upper level YA, but like, I can't remember a lot of YAs being set in college. It's interesting because I feel like this would be New Adult if New Adult had been a thing when it was published. Do- I still don't think New Adult is a thing. Well, it's kind of a thing, right? Like. Publishers don't think it's a thing. Okay, well, the reading community understands it as a thing, I feel like. Yes. But also, I mean, I don't know at this point, like, how much sex is going to be in this book. But I feel like there's a fair amount. Usually when you think about new adult, it's this age range, but with sex. Sex. Not always, but I feel like that's kind of what has been published. That's fair. So I think it would, I would think of it more as new adult, but also, like, they're freshmen, right? They're, like, just out of out of high school and this is an experience I think if you were a teenager reading this book that you'd be like oh like what is college going to be like Mm -hmm. just like a middle schooler reading a book about teenagers in high school and saying "Ooh, like that's what high school is going to be like so I don't know I think it's obvious I think it's definitely not adult like I wouldn't put it in fiction without oh no without young adults as a caveat Oh, no, it's totally shelved in YA, and it's, like, advertised as a YA. I just am curious about it being in college and how that kind of ups things um, in a different way. And everybody she hangs out with are upperclassmen, though. Nick, Levi, and Reagan are all upperclassmen. I think only Ren, her roommate Courtney, and Kath are freshmen at this point. Which is really bizarre. I don't... I don't really... Like, the my experience is that all only freshmen lived in dorms. So it's weird to me that Rin isn't, or not Rin, um, Reagan isn't a freshman and she's living in the storm. Like they have an explanation for it, but it still feels kind of strange. Yeah, it is super strange. Um, Like they just go get beer and it's like, oh, you're with us. No big deal. And I'm like, you're, that means you're like, you're at least two to three years older than her. Well, and they say specifically that Reagan is older than her, but not 21. Then is Levi 21? Yeah, he's got to be. Okay, because he gets them beer at the bowling alley, and they talk about the club. Right. I don't know. And then Nick is obviously a junior. Right. Because it's a junior-level fiction class. What do you think about Nick versus Levi? Currently, I like Nick better than... Well, I think that she actually has a connection with Nick currently, is what I'll say. I don't necessarily like him better than Levi but she's actually had conversations and she's she is clearly has a big crush on him like she's talked about it whereas with Levi she hasn't really thought of him in that way yet um I do think there's probably going to be some weird love triangle shit which I'm not anticipating fondly um sorry not sorry (laughs) I don't really like love triangles but that's okay um, I think, I mean, there's definitely parts of Nick that I'm not, uh, jazzed about. Like, like what? Like when they're writing and he's like, she, she says a couple times, like he's really pushy and like t- tries to take the notebook and he's like, no, you're going to ruin my thing and whatever. And he's just like a little bit domineering in that arena, not in like a really crazy way, but in a slightly obnoxious way. That's fair. And I and for me, Levi, like, refusing to call her by the name she prefers is so obnoxious. It's really annoying. Like, that's not cute and, like, mysterious. Like, you're just being a dick. Yep. <laughs> so. Pretty much. Yeah. Although, it would be hilarious to me, now that I'm thinking about it, and we should maybe get into predictions soon, but if, in the end, Levi and Nick got together because they're, like, 
Baz and Simon in in physical description. That's the best. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I would be here for that. So we're going to get into some predictions now, which is the part of the podcast where Allison actually makes predictions on what she thinks is going to happen in the book. We follow a series of uh, seven questions uh, that we have constructed that kind of closely follow the hero's journey and are usually more tailored to fantasy hero's journey tropiness, but I think it still fits here. Um, and they still apply. We found that over the dozen or so books we've read that it's done pretty well for us, so we're going to keep doing it. Um, are you ready for these questions? I guess. We'll see what I come up with in, on the spot. I I feel like you got a really good introduction to the characters. Yeah. And I think you got a really good introduction to, like, Kat's... Kath's Kath's <laughs> internal conflict. Right. Um, in terms of, like, plot, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, I feel like... Which might have been why I gave this book a three stars. And maybe why you might like this book more than I do. But we'll see. Mm. Um, wouldn't that be a twist? <laughs> um, regardless. So we're going to get into our questions here that we have novel predictions first off does the main character fall in love yeah i think that pretty clearly she falls in love i also think it's a love triangle between her and levi and nick i don't know who i think she ends up with though probably levi unfortunately why levi because he's the secondary fall if that makes sense like she's already falling for nick she's already like has a crush on nick and i feel like levi's gonna be the sleeper crush that all of a sudden he's gonna do something and she's gonna be like oh i see you in a totally different light now i would love it if that actually came up like if that line was used that'd be great (laughs) yeah so i'm thinking there will be like a love triangle type situation and that it will probably be levi in the end or yeah no i think it'll you be don't levi get an or well i was i was like you I, don't get an or i was gonna say an or that she like just is like fuck all of you but i think she'll probably end up with somebody at least temporarily is maybe a happy for now rather than a happy ever after yeah that's fair um i do i i am gonna add some questions here because i think this story is a multi-layered one i do think that it is a romance in that it does focus on kath's romantic relationships um but i think it also focuses on other relationships in her life sure um so i'd love to know what you think is going to happen in her relationship with her sister i think it's going to get worse before it gets better what does that mean i think well right now they're kind of kath is feeling abandoned by ren and ren is like making every once in a while she's making these snarky comments about kath's interests and kath's writing but they're still hanging out Like, they're still getting lunch together and that kind of thing. So I think probably they're going to have, like, a blowout about it eventually. And they'll stop. They'll, like, stop talking for weeks or something like that. Um, But I don't think that they're going to stay that way. I I feel like their family dynamic is so founded in each other's presence that they will eventually make it work and be each other's strength and come to a middle point where, you know, Kath is a little less scared of the world and Rin like sees the good in being still and not like go, go, go all the time. And they can kind of like come to a, an an understanding, a meeting of the minds. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But, um, I also think her relationship with her dad. That was my next question. Yeah. It's going to be, So it seems to me, from the seven chapters we've read, they haven't talked about it explicitly, but I would guess that her dad has, like, bipolar, um, because he seems to have, like, manic phases and depressive phases, just from what, Mm -hmm. and she's always worried about him, seems like they were very much taking care of him, Um, like, he doesn't really feed himself well and that kind of stuff. So I think that that's probably what's going on with him. Hopefully, I don't think that their relationship will be strained other than his, like, his needs and or, like, him not 
providing for himself or whatever. Um, but that puts a lot of stress on Kath. So I think it's definitely going to be a factor. What about the whole deal with her mom? Well, they haven't talked what's about the, they haven't talked about what's it. the deal there. They haven't said why her mom is not there. What do you think? I think that she's gone. Like, I think she left. Um, you don't think she's dead? I don't think she's dead. I think that she left because Kath, either she left and died or she just left and is not part of their lives because Kath says something about relationships, like the model for relationships that she's seeing being like unstable and not good and how that made her want to stay with Abel because he was so just like solid, even though they weren't actually dating. It was more just like a weird friendship. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I think she probably like left the family or like, and it maybe could have been, she had an addiction, like she didn't, wasn't in full control of where her life was going at that point in time. But I think that she probably is not there because she left, not because she died of some terrible disease. What do you think about the fan fiction? In what context? I guess I can keep going with the questions and I can prompt you with this later, but I want to know what you think the fan fiction is going to do with the story and where it's going to end up in the end. Not plot-wise, but in Kath's relation to it. Um, Like how it will affect her life? Yeah. I think that... Like, is it going to continue to help her? Is it going to be a crutch? Is it going to be, like, a Hannah Montana situation where she takes off the wig and everybody fucking finds out? Is it going to be something she abandons? Is it going to be something that uh, hits an E.L. James bestseller list type thing? <laughs> I don't think she, you know. I don't think she will abandon it. I don't think it's going to be turned into a weird book. Um, I do think probably she will. she will have to, at some point, create space for herself beyond the fan fiction world like she'll make an effort to be as present and emotionally invested in the people around her as she is in the these characters that she's writing about which will nice. probably mean that the fan fiction takes a back seat but isn't abandoned i don't think that she would abandon it i like it um okay going back to our questions the those specific ones that we write down in every single fucking episode um what tropes do you think you'll see you've gotten a lot so far yeah um definitely love triangle um the whole like twins going different ways getting angry at each other and making up trope (laughs) you like that it's a really succinct title for that trope yeah i think it's great um we make up a lot of succinct titles for tropes on this podcast (laughs) Uh, what else? The, like, nerd girl who's actually, like, very pretty trope, unfortunately. Because I kind of had that conversation at the end of the seventh chapter. About the, you're Clark Kent, just warn me when you take off your glasses. Yeah, and he's all, like, eyebrows. And you're like, okay. (coughs) Cool. Like, (laughs) glasses actually don't make you unattractive. I'm, I'm not really sure what your deal is. But, I, I mean, I get what he's saying, but also Clark Kent is hot as shit when he's being Clark Kent, so. I think he's a lot hotter than when he's Superman. Yeah. Sorry, the spandex just does not do it I for me. I personally agree with you. He's, like, always in a cute, like, half-unbuttoned Oxford with, like, these big, chunky glasses and right? tousled hair. Right, and he's, hair. like, writing. Cute. Exactly, so cute. he's, like, writing, super smart, and, like, yeah. Yeah, so um, that one didn't land so much for me, <laughs> that <laughs> comment, but... I get what he's saying, I guess. Um, but I also get what she was saying in that story of, like, makes me kind of feel like that I'm the unattractive one because I don't wear eyeliner. My hair is always in a ponytail and I mean, I wear different clothes. That's obvi- That's definitely what he was saying. Like, Oh, it's so what he was even saying. Even if that's not, like, you know, he, like, tried to cover his ass is basically what happened. Yeah. Because he's basically like, oh, I see how hot you could be if you changed everything about yourself. If you could she's all that that shit. Right, exactly, which is like nineties makeover. Yeah. Makeover montage. I think also that there's gonna be the like I'm gonna make up another weird trope name probably, but get it. The like balancing 
your the like social butterfly thing the like i have social anxiety and i don't want to engage with this environment and then becoming more open to that as the story goes on yeah sure probably not to the point where she's like i I do feel like she's gonna go to a frat party with her sister and it's gonna be terrible and that's what's gonna perpetuate the fight that perpetuates the temporary rift but i don't i mean i don't think in the end she's going to be like yeah i love partying and drinking beer bowling alleys but i do think there'll be some blossoming i guess maybe that's what it is it's like a late stage coming of age story okay (laughs) um cool is there a mentor so I think so. I think, how do they meet? I think Reagan is her mentor. Interesting. How so? Well, first of all, she has kind of taken her under her wing and been like, let's go do things, right? Like, let's, you have to leave this room and we have to go do stuff because it's driving me crazy that you're here. But also, she's called her out like immediately on her mental health and like being cognizant of it and not ashamed of it and i really liked that she seems to be the only one who's giving her any advice that's useful at this point like her sister's advice is not particularly great because it's all couched in like weird emotional baggage and the boys haven't given her shit for advice so yeah i think reagan is the mentor well the boys are also kind of shit in general yeah that's true they're being weird it's just i don't really actually find either one of them very attractive I just have to, at this moment, at this point, like, I like, I think I like Nick better, but I also think I just am not picturing, she keeps describing him in, like, turquoise wingtip shoes and, like, very hipster, and I'm just, like, pretending that that's not part of it. Yeah. Like, in my head, he doesn't look like that. He's, like, I'm, I'm picturing his face and his hair and his coloring and whatever, but not his, like, hipster ass attire. <laughs> hipster ass attire. I like it. Awesome sauce. Next question i'm ready who's going who's going to die god i hope nobody i'm gonna say nobody dies in this fucking book and just like okay. pray that i'm right if the dad dies i'm gonna fucking flip a table <laughs> i'm sorry what i'm gonna be so angry like i will throw something we don't need everyone rainbow. to be a fucking orphan rainbow Rowell's not gonna make them orphans maybe <laughs> you never know well, you know, she does torture people, Rainbow Rowell does, with that, like, stupid ending with Eleanor and Park that everybody talks about, even though I haven't ever read that book. Yeah, I haven't read it either. But you know the question? They're like, what are the three words? Yeah. Ugh. Who cares? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I DNF'd Eleanor and Park. You can hate me all you want to. It's a I don't pretty, fucking care. I've, I have not read it, but I've also heard that it's, like, fairly problematic in today's I I climate. don't, I, I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. I was like, I'm done. Like, I think I got three chapters in and I was, I was. Oh, wow. You gave up I was, fast. I did. I didn't like it. It's good. Don't read books. The wor- Life's too short to read bad books. That's what I keep telling myself. That's why I keep relieving myself of this pressure of like, oh my God, we get so many arcs all the time and I can't possibly fucking read them all. And I feel guilty reading a 2002 romance. And I'm like, you know what? I don't actually fucking care because yeah. <laughs> it's what I want to read right now. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Nobody dies. And if the dad dies, Allison's going to flip a table. Yep. I like that. Um, what's the twist? Oh, Jesus Christ. I think there definitely is going to be a twist. Like, for sure. That's that's a great prediction. Yeah. Well done. Like, M- good job. Moving on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think... <laughs> uh... I kind of hope that the twist is that one of these boys is, like, very into her fan fiction and doesn't realize that it's her. Um, what do you mean by that? Like, they, like they're like they a big fan of Kath, the writer, right? Like, of her story, yeah. Carry On. But they don't know that it is the person that they're talking to. Okay. Um, but that seems lame. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, oh, ooh, you know what the twist is going to be? I've been asking it for the last, like, five minutes, but okay, cool. I'm sorry. I'm being an ass. (laughs) Don't be a dick. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) I think the twist is going to be that the eighth book of, like, the series 
like the author's gonna die or something before maybe the author oh. dies and the eighth book of the series never comes out and then Kath is like destroyed oh my gosh that's really smart you have to keep in mind I don't fucking remember how this goes like I remember <laughs> one terrible scene and I don't remember how this book ends um yeah it was like me with Grace Lee. I like that yeah, that's what my hope is maybe that, like, her whole fucking world is turned upside down because there's not an ending to the story that she's devoted her life to. Ooh. That's pretty cool and rather symbolic. We're going to go with it. Okay. Okay. Oh, so I'm also going to add a caveat that Gemma T. Leslie might die. Yeah. It's like a fucking Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin nightmare scenario. Pretty much. Why is the story from the MC's perspective? And I want to say, I know that we normally are like, why are they important? But I also want to add, like, what do they have to learn? Yeah, I think Kath has to learn. Well, I think she has to put herself out there more. But I also think that she has to learn, like, that it's okay for her and her sister to be separate people and to not have the same interests. And they can still love and appreciate each other, even if they're not attached at the hip and living in the same place and and they don't agree on everything. I think self-love is going to be like the big big one, right? I think Oh, I like that. I think she's really going to have to build herself up in this book. You think she doesn't she thinks she doesn't love herself. Yeah, well, I mean even in so in the scene where the the teacher is asking them like why do we write fiction? Mm-hmm. People are saying all this shit like to hear own voices, blah blah blah, and Kath internally cuz she's not comfortable enough saying it out loud which i get um says like to disappear to like find an escape from ourselves yeah to stop and those types of things right so i think that she's gonna have to i think that scene is really telling of how she is feeling subconsciously and and we're gonna have to find some growth there towards self-acceptance and and love nice I like that. Um, I do want to ask you, though, about that class, because I think it's going to be really impactful Yeah, for Kath in this story. Um, but I want to ask about the class and her fan fiction. And if you think that you mentioned, like, one of the, the boys finding out about it, um, do you think anybody else is going to find out about it? Do you think it's going to have an impact on her class? Do you think it's, like... I don't know. I'm thinking that, like, does the teacher secretly read her fan fiction or is she going to disown it or is she going to, like, you know what I mean? Like, is there any sort of connection there? Because Kath is obviously a really talented writer. She just needs to try and this class is hoping to teach her beyond her fan fiction, I think. I think, and I don't know why I got this feeling, but I feel like the class and the teacher specifically there's going to be a rejection of her because of her writing fan fiction at some point. Okay. Like, cause fan fiction is super stigmatized. Absolutely. Oh, it is. And I think that that coming from this like published novelist author, there's going to be like pushback on Kath's fan fiction. Like maybe she'll submit a chapter she already, or something. Well, she already said she's going to, didn't she? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh. But I th- that's what I'm saying. Like, I think she will submit a piece of her fiction about Simon and Baz to this class, and she's going to get flamed for n- it not being original characters or, like, just, like, stealing intellectual property or, like, you know, right. like, fan fiction isn't real writing kind of vibe, and that's probably going to be really hard for her. Um to reconcile this person who she like the t- she clearly respects and admires this person this teacher right so whenever she's rejected in that way i feel like it will be a pretty big turning point okay cool um any other thoughts or predictions you want to share and what other stories does this remind you of it it doesn't really remind me of a lot um it is kind of different, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like, this is going to be weird, but it's kind of like pitch perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I can see that. Just a little bit like this person who's like kind of standoffish, the idea of social interaction and um, very into her thing. 
Yeah. Um, and like has to kind of like learn how to be a team player or like, and like jo- join the conversation. In the world. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that it kind of reminds me of that. Um, but I do think that it, it's hard for me to come up with other stories that it's like because it is so much about this fan fiction and that world and there's nothing else really doing that. Yeah, the only book that I can think of that's very similar to that is Eliza and Her Monsters by Francesca Zeppia. Right, which is really recent. That only came out last year. Yeah, something like that. Um, And that one is, she does a webcomic, but it's very similar in terms of that it's like this very popular webcomic, but no one knows she does it. And some people think it's really lame and she like can't get past it, whatever. So um, it's a very similar storyline. Um, but it's the only other one that I can think of. I don't, I don't know of another book, at least in YA. I think there's one in adult ones. There's one I know that's all about like fan culture, but then I also think about like Geekerella, you know, right. there's definitely, which is also immersed in fan culture. Yeah. There's definitely a lot more fan culture stuff, but it's be like, it's more con culture than fan fiction culture which is i think it's both are very important and cool representing yeah queens of geek that's another con one yeah yeah no those are i mean like i i think that fangirl was the start yes i think it was the inspiration for a lot of that kind of stuff yeah i think so i think it was one of the first in this genre and um in it i think it hit at the right time and for the right generation um, because it hit us, you know, when we were going to college and Harry Potter was ending and mm-hmm. it was kind of a really interesting reflection on those feelings, um, that a lot of us who had grown up with the series were experiencing. Yeah. Cause this book is like set in 2011. Yep. The fall of 2011, which is, I was a freshman. So I, I was Kath's age. I was a sophomore. Yeah. yeah so like. Which is interesting to me because I'm reading it and remembering like my experience, and it was literally the same year and and that kind of thing. And it's yeah, I do think it is is really relatable. Yeah, that's why so many people praise it, so many people like it. It was really unique at the time, and I'm really glad that I'm finally forcing you to read it. Yes, you are. Yeah, so I'm I'm also excited for me to reread it and see if it changes my perspective, having read it five years removed from college right and nine years removed from freshman year vomit um (laughs) um that's gross to think about cool we're old it's fine it's oh gosh okay um i don't have a proper segue except for the fact that um we really uh like it if you could please follow us and uh on instagram and twitter Allison does amazing posts and thank you so much for listening and I have another podcast that you should listen Yay, to. Yay, what is it? Well, actually I'm really excited about this one because I met these two ladies at Jasmine Guillory's event. Oh. And found out that they had a romance podcast. <gasps> and they're local and they are shh, we're reading dirty books. Oh, so cute. Right? It's so great. And so I don't have, like, an exact promo from them, so I'm on their website, and I'm going to read their um, their short little snippet about themselves, because they were adorable and awesome, and uh, they read all sorts of mainly paranormal romance Ooh, novels. But oh my gosh, I have to find this podcast. I know. It's so great. And they're local. So, um, yes. So here we go. This is, uh, shh, we're reading dirty books. Psst. So, what are you wearing? Nothing but headphones, you say? Well, that's the perfect attire for you to join us, Kalina and Selet, in our podcast, Shh, We're Reading Dirty Books. We welcome adults to listen and join us in our discussions about hot and steamy paranormal romance reads, while also breaking down walls that keep women and our friends from speaking openly about our sexuality and ultimate fantasies. We invite you to go download on us. Also, if you love paranormal romance and football, check out our special series, Shh, We're Talking Fantasy Football. So... Um, they Amazing. are wonderful. I know. I met them. Like I said, they were so great. Want to talk to them about doing some sort of collab. I don't know how we would do it, but 
They've got like 37 episodes. They're so great, so cute. And they've got a website at sturdybooks.com and sh is with two a uh, three H's, excuse me. Um, they also, they're not on Instagram, but they are on Twitter at sturdybooks and you should follow them. Um, like I said, they're local here in Denver another amazing podcast but they were super nice and they have like a picture at tatter cover with their jasmine gilroy book that i took and um we exchanged info and they're super great and i cannot wait to work with them more and uh like i said their stuff is pretty good they also read some creepy books that i would just have never picked up but are totally up your alley allison <laughs> of course they are yep they so 100 percent are awesome. uh do you want to tell people to follow us and like us and yeah you swag should things? you should follow us at novel prediction on twitter and instagram um i've been doing this thing and by that i mean i've done it twice now but i'm going to continue to do it where i've been the books we're reading i've been searching bookstagram and finding really beautiful posts of them and trying to like promote some other bookstagrammers so if you find if you have a copy of fangirl and you take a really beautiful bookstagram picture of it go ahead and tag us in it and i'll put it on our site and it'll be really cool um we would love if you would give us reviews anywhere yes, that you, please. Yeah, anywhere that you like to review stuff review us um it helps us find new listeners and word of mouth is so important so always be telling people that you think would be interested in our podcast to listen we would appreciate it and we love you so much Yes, we're so grateful for the continued support that you guys give us. We love doing this and love reading new books. I kind of, though, feel like we've been really nice to each other these past two selections. Yeah, we'll see and what whatever. I do next time. Yeah, Allison in September is probably going to give me something so torturous. Um, I feel like I don't we know really what, need to get back to some torture, so... I know, but we've been really nice to each other right now, and it's kind of a nice reprieve, but I'm also thinking about ways to torture you as yeah, well. Yeah, I feel like we've had two months of, like, stalemate, and now I'm ready to get back into the torture. Yeah, like, what can I make you read that will make you just hate me <laughs> um, that I really love? Like, can I find a magician's level? Oh, my God. Hate me. Um uh. Yeah, I know. Anyway, um, I'm really excited. I hope this turns out well. This could also be horrendous. You know what I mean? Like, it could totally end terribly. Like, I, that's why I do remember being like, well, that was dumb. So it could be terrible. Who knows? It could follow all of the reasons you hate contemporary. That's why we do this podcast yeah. is because you don't know. You just never know. You just never know. Um, on that note, we're going to go. Yeah. And I'm Kales. And I'm Allison keep making novel predictions. Bye. Bye. Bye.